Hey there, fabulous teacher. Have you been wondering how to make writing time in your classroom more effective for your students? Do you want your students to love writing time? If so, I think it's time for you and I to start transforming your writing instruction. I'm Melissa Morrison, and I have a passion for helping teachers to feel confident in teaching writing and help them grow successful writers. I've worked with numerous teachers to guide them through this transformation, and in this podcast, I bring you the practical strategies you need to make writing the best time of your day. Let's get going. Hey there, fabulous teacher. If you are joining me again, welcome back. I'm so happy to have you, and if you're listening for the first time, I am extremely glad that you are here and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Today I want to talk about the should, this word should that we keep using. For example, have you ever said, what should they be writing at this grade level? What should their writing look like? What should they be able to do in their writing? What should their sentences, how should their sentences be structured? What should I teach? What should I focus on? What should my mini lessons sound like? Should, should, should. I know I have for sure. When I started um, switching over the way I was teaching writing, I worried about the should because I wanted to make sure I was doing it right. I was moving them the way that I should. Um, But I want to talk about that because What I think we don't like is that we think – now, I do believe that that there are things to know about writing and about teaching writing that would help us to teach writing well. There are some guidelines for expectations that you could look at. And there are supports and tools for you to use in order to know best practices or get some information on um, lessons that you could teach or how to choose goals for your students. And I've spoken about um, many of these things before. But I also think that regardless of where we're trying to get Although it might be helpful to know it, it's not the only part of teaching our students well. And mostly it's because we have to start where we are for ourselves as well as for our students. So let me give you two examples. First, let's imagine you're teaching someone to drive for the first time. Because when we look at this, we know that we know how to drive right? And we can consider ourselves someone who's somewhat of an expert. Now, are we a race car driver or a stunt driver? No. So maybe they would be the highest experts of driving, but we're not that and that's okay. We can still teach our students how to drive or teach our our children, let's say, how to drive. But you've never done it before. So even though you know the expectations, and even though your students, the driver, it's the learner knows their expectations because they've seen drivers before. And they've had some, they've had classes and they know the rules and they know the basics, but they've never done it and you've never taught, let's say. I have never taught someone how to drive and I'm not looking forward to it. Um, My daughter will be learning very soon. I don't want to. Um, But, so, that doesn't mean you can't do it, okay? You know 
the expectation, but you've never done it before. And so you get in the car and you start to teach them to drive. And it works eventually, right? But it doesn't work perfectly. You're not the best teacher from the beginning, especially if you and your your kid, you know, you're going to argue back and forth and you're going to butt heads. Um, but, you know, you they start, you give them some directions, they start, you see what's happening, you adjust, you tell them something else, and it works out eventually. Let's think about it another way. Let's say your child is going to be on a soccer team and they need a coach. They ran out of coaches. They need a coach. You have never played and especially never coached soccer before. Is it impossible? No. Now, you could argue, well, you know some of the expectations. You've seen the game. You know you know they need to kick. They need to shoot in the goal. They need to pass. I mean, I don't think there's anyone that doesn't know that. But then I would argue you are a human being, adult, who reads books, reads newspapers, magazines, and has written things in your life. You've gone through school writing. You've had to write things for your own work and for other things. Okay. So we do all have knowledge around writing. We just don't often find our feel as though we are experts at it or someone who has knowledge enough to teach it, but we will get there. So you want to coach this team. What do you do? Well, you learn a little bit, right? You, you research some things about things you can do during the coaching sessions, during their practices, and then things about soccer that you find you need to know. Um, and then you start. And your kids start where they are. They're not at the expectation. Doesn't matter what grade level they are. They're not there. Um, you don't even know exactly what there is, but you're going to get in there and you're going to start. Are you going to be great at it at the beginning? Mm, probably not. Probably not. Now, as a teacher and you go into coach, you're going to have some, you have a little bit behind you as far as how to organize these children and, and get them to follow directions. Um, but no, you're going to start somewhere. Your kids are going to start somewhere. You're going to start somewhere. And these players are going to get better and you're going to get better. A little at a time. You're going to learn this. You're going to learn that. And then you're going to see what your kids are doing. You're going to see how your coaching is working. And then it's going to get better. But we don't want to do that when we think about teaching writing. I see that teachers expect from themselves that they're experts, that they can do this perfectly and that they should know everything from the beginning. Believe me, I've seen it every day. I have teachers who have just started with me and we've, you know, learned a few things. We've gotten our student, the students writing and then they're worried about not having the best mini lesson or not knowing the, the greatest teaching point to use or what have you. And I said, of course you don't. Why would you know that right now? Or they might say, I, I'm just not sure what to have this student focus on and, you know, how to help them move forward right now. Say, I know that's okay. And we're working on that. And we're going to keep learning ways to recognize that, but in and choose something for them. But it all starts somewhere, right? It has to start with them, with us implementing it and getting to know what it looks like. And, and so we won't feel like we're doing a fabulous job the first year or maybe even the second year, but every year you're going to get a little bit better. And that's what I think we need to accept and we need to cut the should out of our ideas for our teaching and maybe replace it with can. What can I do right now? What can I 
um, focus on? What can I teach them now? And then what can I do in the future? Hey there, again, teacher, I just wanted to take a break to let you know about a free resource that I have created for building independent writing stamina in your classroom. And this checklist isn't just about using things like timers or music, but it actually includes all the things that I would want you to think about when teaching the writer in order to help um, increase their engagement and therefore build their stamina for writing time. So if you're interested, you can check the show notes or um, find it on Instagram. And I hope that it is a helpful resource for you. Before I get into the shoulds for our students and what they should be doing, I want to bring up something else that I've talked about before, but I think it's really important and helpful for us to think about for ourselves as teachers. And then when we think about what our students are doing um, as writers is that, you know, I believe that how most of um, our schools are teaching writing needs to change. I think there are plenty who are doing it well and who have the writer in mind. They're out there. But for the most part, that's not the way it goes. And I think it needs to change. Why do I think it needs to change? I'm going to give two reasons. One has some data behind it. Take it as you will. And the other is just from my own experience, and I'm assuming it might be from others' experiences as well. So first, um, I, I, I'm in New Jersey. When I look at our standardized test results um, from 2022, 57% of students were – approaching or below approaching and 42% met expectations or exceeded expectations. And this was just in English language arts. Now I'm not able to see separate results for the writing, but um, writing and reading go together and writing is going to help reading for sure. Um, I think if we had more writing opportunities in school and a more variety of them, we might see that improve, but we won't get into that. Um, and then if, I don't know if you've ever heard of the National Assessment of Educational Progress and AEP. They, from what I can gather, they have students chosen from 100 schools in the nation, and they have them take tests in different grade though. I think they do eighth grade and no, fourth grade and eighth grade. So they do have something separately for writing. However, um, of course, well, back in the day, right, we used to be able to write and people would read them and score them and that doesn't happen anymore. So they have had tests in 2011 and 2017 and um, where they did writing on laptops laptops and then tablets with keyboards. And they actually talk specifically about how those two things went. Um, but they show scores. And what they show us is that <clears throat> in grade E in 2011, 54% were basic achievement level, 20% were below basic, and 24% were proficient. Now they did um, writing responses, I guess you could call them in all three genres, <clears throat> but they did have to type them. 
And then grade 12 was almost exactly the same, below basic 21%, basic 52%, and proficient was 24%. And, you know, this is just one one um, section of students. They do try to have um, a wide range of, and they're very cognizant of the demographics of the students that are taking the test. Um, but it just shows that there we are not proficient. Now I don't I don't love that kind of assessment, but just to share some data, okay. And then my other reason is because kids don't like to write, and not only that, but they don't tend to be in all of the schools I've been in. in the school I I taught in myself, the district I taught in myself, students are not proficient writers. Um, so just as this is anecdotal, um, but it will always stay in my mind when I interviewed um, Kimberly Router and she talked about how as a professor and as a high school teacher, she always had to sell writing to her students. They didn't understand what it meant. They didn't understand how they are writers. They have that ability. Um, they didn't understand the meaning behind writing. They didn't enjoy it. They didn't feel confident in it. That needs to change. We cannot help produce writers who are successful if they don't enjoy it, if they don't feel like they are writers. And that is what I find more important than anything else. So I always tell teachers that I work with that the first thing we need to do is have students enjoy writing and feel like they're writers. And we need it to be authentic. We need it to be, we need to honor um, where they are now. And so when we think about the should, that's, that's going to help us, I think, change our mindset around it as well. Because what we want is for them to enjoy it. So what can we do to help our students enjoy writing? Why should our students want to write? How can I get them to reach that? Because that's where we, that's where we need to move and that's where we have to start. And if that's the only thing that a kindergarten teacher worries about, I, I, I would be happy with them. <laughs> So now let's talk about changing this should in reference to what your students should be doing. And I'll start right where I just left off in they should enjoy it. I know, I just you should. We want them to enjoy it. So regardless of your grade level, when your students come in to you or right now, are they enjoying writing? Do they feel like a writer? Do they find meaning in writing? That's where you have to start. You're not going to get where else you want to be. That expectation that you have, you're not going to get there if they don't. If they don't enjoy it, find meaning in it, and feel like they can do it. So that's where you have to start. It's not just kindergarten because these students you have now in seventh grade, fifth grade, they've been in kindergarten and first grade and second grade, and they didn't like it then either. And so you want to be the one that helps them start to like it. You want to be the one that changes that mindset. And if that's all you do, good for you. And I'm happy for them. They got to start somewhere and it has to be there. So let's worry about that first. Okay, so now we got it, right? Your students like it because you have helped them find meaning in it. You have gotten rid of the expectations. You have made it authentic. You're letting them do it. You're seeing what they can do. What can they do? Not should, but can. And so then we think, where are we going to take them? Well, 
just like the new student driver that got in your car or the new soccer player on your team or the you know, players at the beginning of the year, you have to know where they are now. If you don't know that, you can't move them forward. It doesn't matter what you know about writing instruction. It doesn't matter what you know about your where you think they need to be at the end of the year. It doesn't matter if you have beautiful lessons already ready, if you don't know where your students are and if you don't let them work from where they are. I know I've talked about this before, but I bet some of you forgot. So I'm going to talk about it again. So often, even with teachers I've been working with who are used to doing on-demand writings, they do them and then they kind of look at them and then they plan their unit without keeping their students in mind. Or teachers who don't do that at all, they just start with this planner or start with this vision in their mind about what they're going to teach first, but they don't know what their students need. And so even if you are the teacher who's not quite sure about these great mini lessons to teach, it you the same with the other teachers. I used a beautiful writing program, but when you don't know where your students are as writers, that program might not work for them or will not. I should say that, will not. So you have to let your kids, your students, your writers start where they are right now. And then you need to know where that is. You need to see it. And regardless of the tools that you use to compare, you know, where you think they should be or shouldn't be, it doesn't matter. You look at your writing samples, the pieces they're working on or the on demands that you had them do, and you lay them out and you say, where are they? What can I tell right now that they are doing in my you know, limited understanding of writing. What can I say that I know? That's where you start. Because where they are is where you have to, how you have to start moving them along. Okay. So I can't take my driver who gets in the car and panics and freaks out and says, I don't know what to do. I can't say, well, just just go on the highway. Can't do it. I can't take my soccer player who isn't quite putting their foot on the ball right to go kick um, a corner shot that wraps around and, and gets in the goal. I can't do it. It doesn't matter how beautiful my um, modeling of that kick is. It doesn't matter about my description and instructions for doing it. They're not ready. They're not ready. So I have to look at where my students are and then say, okay, as a class, I got a group here. I got a group here what can I do to help them move on? And for me, it's as easy as shared writing and having them help me, some bits of modeled writing, and then letting them go again. That's what I have my, my teachers do at the beginning when they're not ready for mini lessons. So just remember that, and again, I can bring it back to knowing the writer, teaching the writer, or teaching the writer and not the writing. It's the same for this, for this should stuff. And you have to remember yourself as well and where you are and how you can move on and that you can't do it all. You can't do it all at once well, even though we do kind of have to jump in a little bit and do um, some things at once. So I hope this has been helpful for you. I want you to remove the should from your vocabulary and maybe replace it with can. What can they do? What can I do? 
and even what can I do next? What can you learn? But let yourself learn. Let yourself start where you are and do it as well as you can. Trust that what's most important is that your students find meaning and enjoyment in writing. And if you are doing that, you are doing great. again. I am so happy to have had you listen in again today. I would like to ask a little favor. If you're enjoying the podcast, could you take a moment to go wherever it is that you listen and write a review and tell others what you find um, so great about these episodes? I would love to be able to share it with more teachers to help them in their writing instruction, just as hopefully I've been helping you. Thank you so much. 